You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Yeah, I mean, for, I mean, obviously he's a really good football player uh, who's done a lot of great things in this league. Um, but uh, I'll, let, I'll leave that stuff up to, to Veach. I mean, he does a great job of bringing great players in. He's always looking around and, and trying to see what he can do to make the team better. Um, and so I let him handle that, and I focus on the next the, this opponent this week and go out there and try to play with whoever's on that field. I haven't been – they haven't reached out to me or anything like that to do any of that. So, uh, I mean, I mean, obviously – Obviously, I know that he's a talented player and everything like that, um, but uh, all you can do is focus on the day at hand, especially this season. And so for me, it's focusing on the best practice I can have right now um, and let that all handle itself. And finally, we are back on a beautiful Friday. Yes, I see the smiling faces. I'm excited, baby. I got me a nice glass, big full pour of a, of, of a little... A little Cabernet. I I see you. I, I see you got a nice little glass there, BK. It's it, it's it, it's feel it's feel good time. And Serta said to me before we started here that he wasn't going to drink tonight, but then he ended up just buying beer for tomorrow. <laughs> and I said, well, what's oh you got a, like a shindig or something tomorrow? He said, no, it's just Friday. <laughs> <laughs> you don't just drink on Fridays. It's it's a weekend. Well, yeah, yeah, I, I just yeah, say, I, beers. I would say though, I just picked up some beers. But you're saying I picked it up for fri- for tomorrow, like you have some sort of an event, and your event is Friday. Well, I do actually have something to do. But yeah, I mean, I always I'm not I'm not Friday. worried about you. Because if I'm going to drink, then I want to know it's already at the house or I might walk to a bar or something in the neighborhood and then I have a few beers and then I walk back home and then I don't got to go anywhere. Did you know, know, BK, this fun non-sexual fact about uh, Serta? And he's actually, he actually did this at my house in my basement. Like Serta, you know, some of us need to, you know, watch TV to, to hit the, to go to sleep. I do myself each night. I watch Golden Girls to go to sleep. Serta needs a beer to go to sleep. <laughs> I don't need a beer to go to sleep generally, but when I've been out drinking, Serta, you drink a I lot of beers drink, to go to sleep. I will drink more when I get back home. Generally. There's some people always... out here. I know. Shout out to Brian B. Shining who now works for hot one Oh three, but maybe needed the quiet storm to go to sleep in. Serta needs a beer. I need golden girls. And, I don't know what BK does. Probably something that makes more sense. So, hold on. Let me ask a follow up on this first before you respond to that, Serta. You said you said when you go out drinking, you typically come home and drink more. (laughs) He always does. It's the weirdest thing. Always do that. I sometimes do that. Out of ten times, how many? If you ten nights, you went out drinking and you came back home and you started up, how many nights? It depends how drunk I get when I go out. I would say eight. If I'm hammered, I don't when I get eight home, out of I ten nights. I'd say eight out of ten nights. I'm not sure. that. No, no. 
it, you just i happened to ha- we went and got we got drunk at jay binkley's house one time <laughs> and he lives 45 minutes away from me and so i slept at your house because you lived by him and i stole some beers from binkley's garage on the way out and i drank a few of them in your basement before i went to sleep did you hear this that though tremendous he came over to go to sleep and he didn't just say he drank one bk i drank a few of them like two or like, three what are we doing I came downstairs. Hey, I, I respect a man that can now get put, after it. I'm going to put it all out here. As my two children were sleeping upstairs. <laughs> and my wife, he came down. I came downstairs. My man got the TV blasting. <laughs> I mean, he got the fan. He dug a fan out. He got the fan going. It's yeah, awesome. you did not give me that fan. I think I found it in the corner yeah, and plugged it in. And <laughs> Honestly, no, no, no. This is on Ron. It's on Ron for not telling you, yo, there's a there's a fan over there. If you want to hook it up, feel free to do so. This is on Ron, actually. I'm I'm turning this on its head. This is on Ron for not being a a very uh, generous host. It wasn't cold or wasn't hot. I didn't know. I didn't know he needed a fan. I didn't go digging for everybody wants a good fan when they go to sleep. Wow. Like a fan on me when I go to sleep. When I got married, that was taken from me. But I mean, you. Like, I didn't know. I didn't know that you were going to need a fan. I would have offered it to you. I didn't know. But I got up. I said, where the hell did he find this fan? I just, I continue to imagine the look of jackpot that had to be on his face when he went hunting in that closet and found it. It found it. No, you had to go. Oh, I know what you did. Uh, I think it was, it was in the laundry room. room. I don't, I don't think I, like, went digging for No, it. I know what you did. It's in the laundry room that's connected to the bathroom. You went and took a piss. And you must have saw it and thought, hell yeah. Jack, I, was like, I come up. down here and yeah. I just see my electric bill just shooting up. <laughs> because this guy's got a TV all yeah, night long and beer bottles lined up. <laughs> I remember you complaining to me about it. But I would like to clarify, I do not do that every time. But if I know I'm going to go out and spend several hours drinking... I like to have beer in the house ahead of time because maybe I drink a beer before I go out. And then I get home, maybe I want one more beer before I go to sleep. I don't think that's that weird. Or or three or four. Yeah, or if it's a bad, lonely night, you know, you just throw back some beers. Okay, now he's getting dark. Um, (laughs) Guy, people who send in reviews, please. uh, Please send in and add on to your review if you think it's normal to after you've gone out to go drinking to come home knowing you're heading to bed to just continue drinking. This is not the version of, I woke up, I've got a hangover, let me keep drinking. Nope, this is, I am coming home specifically to go to bed, but prior to going to bed, I'm going to keep putting more alcohol in my body. Yeah, but we've talked about this. When I drink, it's it's all or nothing. So <laughs> I don't, it's, I, the, go, I, go, I go for I'm it. Trying, right? I that's, wanna, that's I I I'm trying, I want to move off of this. I want to move off of this, but sir, it's not, no, it's over though. By the time you arrive home, it's not, there's no not more all or nothing. Not the for Steve. Over. Not for Steve. Now he's going to third person. Now, he goes third now person. we're going That's to third person. Notice, man. Good guy. <laughs> all right. Listen, um, so as we're recording this, Odell Beckham has made his decision. We heard leading up to it, it was three teams, according to everybody. It was two that made complete sense and one that only makes sense because he was born there and I feel like he had to, to keep them on the list so he could still go home. The Saints, because there's no way he was going to go play football with Trevor Seaman as the quarterback. And then you have I think you meant the Pack- Simeon. 
I know what I said. Uh, the Packers with Aaron Rodgers and company to be the number two there, which maybe have been problematic for him. And then the Chiefs. And hell, everybody was wrong. It was actually the Rams who are who ain't playing games, by the way. Von Miller last week, Odell Beckham Jr. this week. So he goes to the Rams, and I think the big point is for most people, and I know I'm in this way. I don't know if you all are. I'm just glad that this thing is over. I'm glad that it didn't last through the Sunday where we started getting reports to thinking that that's what he was going to do. I'm glad that he's made a decision and we're not sitting here hanging on things and trying to figure out, oh, God, is he going to be added here? What should they do? Should they go and get him? I'm just glad it's over and we can move forward to the group that's going to be there if this team's going to get to where they want to get to. 100%. Glad it's over. Surprised by the des- destination that he chose. Um, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me for him to go there to be potentially the third highest weapon like you look at that offense first of all they like to run the football that's that's a big piece of what they do I understand that if you're looking at some of the pass rate over expectation stuff they do it a lot but um, most of those targets are going to Cooper Cup right now and then you look at what the number two is it's Robert Woods Van Jefferson has a pretty significant role as their number three so it doesn't make a lot of sense to me that he would choose to go to LA but it's LA maybe that was a big part of this I'm glad it's over and I'm glad we can now focus on who the Chiefs have because I feel like for the last six weeks, most of the mm. conversation has been, okay, uh, yeah, it looks like McColl might not be the guy as the number two wide receiver. Who could we find that will be? So first it was, okay, you look around, Brandon Cooks, maybe he becomes available at the trade deadline. Nope, te- Texans decided they weren't trading him. By the way, okay. I have I have good authority that the Texans shot down a second round pick for Brandon Cooks. Don't understand wow. what the hell they're thinking, but go ahead. So that was one option. Uh, I cannot believe that they turned down a second round pick. I didn't mean. I didn't mean. What? I didn't mean to put wow, you in your ass real quick there. I don't um, don't I ask me questions. Like why? They don't ask me questions. Don't know why they did. But go okay. ahead. Well, that's uh that's a thing that you could do if you were a franchise. From the team the Chiefs are playing, I've heard they offered a second round pick, and they said no. That would have been a very good move for the Raiders, and it would have been a smart move for the Texans, alas. Uh, Then you have Deshaun Jackson, who decides, you know what? I went out of L.A. I would like to go somewhere else. Okay, that would have made some sense for the Chiefs. He ends up going to the Raiders. Uh, You saw Josh Reynolds was made available. He went on waivers. He was claimed the first overall pick by the Detroit Lions, so boom, that's not an option for you either. This was the last one. This was the last chance for the Chiefs to really go out there and get a proven wide receiver, and he chose to go elsewhere. There's no more wandering eye. Nope. Now everything is focused on the dudes they have in that locker room. McCole Hardman, got to step up. Byron Pringle, got to step up. Demarcus Robinson, one of those first two, got to step up. That's where we're at right now. Like, yeah. it's it's got to be one of those first two guys. Yeah, I, I know, sir. Are you okay? Because I know Odell would have been your dream. That would have been your sports dream to have those three. Because I know, I know you just want to see – that type of offense um, coming together, Mahomes with all those weapons and Andy with that. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, you okay? He's he would have been my like number one player that I would have wanted to see in this offense. Number two was Josh Gordon. That hasn't really worked out. Yeah. So, so, but, but he's looked good in his uniform, though. I mean, nobody looks better yeah, in their uniform. Yeah, very than 19. clean. Very clean. But I am with BK. Like. I'm just happy it's over. I'm happy we can move on from this conversation because 
all of the reporting was all over the place, which was super annoying. And then it was kind of like the NFL media was just kind of held hostage by Odell for a couple of days where it was like, where is he going to go? Everybody's talking about it. Odell should come to this team. Odell should come to our team, whatever. And I'm just happy the conversation's over. Like it's done with. We don't got to worry about it anymore. Would have been fun if he came to Kansas City. He didn't. He went to the Rams out of nowhere. And it is what it is. They got to figure things out now with what they got. And I'm happy that they have to do that because now we can turn our focus towards, oh, this team's got a lot of issues they still got to work on. Hey, Ron, before we do that, though, can I ask you a question? Yeah. Why do they keep missing on these guys? Mm. What is the deal with this? Like, like, like this is this was this. That's an interesting thought, because one of the factors of playing and having a quarterback and having potentially the best quarterback in the game when you've had Tom Brady, when you've had Peyton Manning, when he was in his height, when you've had like one of the best quarterbacks, one of the things is, is people want to come play with you. It's not hard to, to get your – in football, it doesn't matter where you are. It's not like generally like the NBA sometimes people want to go to certain cities like nobody wants to go to Utah. But when you're – like in the NFL, like people will go to Green Bay to play with Andy, with, with Aaron Rodgers or Brett Favre. Like when you have the guy, it seems to, it seems to be easier to get people to come play, play with him. And people will even take pay cuts to come play with said guy. They have the guy in Patrick Mahomes, and they are missing on guys, and that's not being the the difference in things. And it, it, it's something that you got to look at. And I know this was Andy. This is an Andy closeout. Listen, I'm trying to give as much respect as I can to Brett Beach. This was not Brett Beach. Brett Beach, Melvin Ingram. Ooh, yeah, tie up the loose ends. You show up to the face with Melvin Ingram. But when it's a big move like this, Odell, that's Andy closing the closing this up. That's Andy coming in as Bobby Bowden to finish this this uh, recruiting pitch off. And it didn't work. And it's not the first time. If, if I'm wrong, didn't they, didn't they lose out on Juju Smith-Schuster? Mm-hmm. They, they, they lost out there? Like, they've lost out. I mean, Deshaun Jackson, I don't even know if he thought about it. I don't know if they wanted it. Maybe they felt like him and Harmon were the same. But I don't, I, I don't know. Like, they missed out on some guys. And to think it came down to the Packers and the Rams, which is what was reported were the final two he was struggling through. And there's been reports that, yeah, Andy was involved in this. And that is odd that receivers, like that that part's the part that really jumps out to me, that receivers are turning down playing with, Pat Mahomes. Maybe it's because they see the, you know, Kelsey and Hill there already, and they don't think they're going to get enough balls there. But I mean, Juju, maybe Juju's an idiot. I mean, Juju turned down Andy Reid and Pat Mahomes to go with with Ben Roethlisberger, who is football dead, and, and it, it stayed there. So I don't know, but it is it is weird that when you have Pat Mahomes and Andy Reid, that you're losing these battles. Did we just overestimate how much that would play into free agent decisions? Like, I I do wonder sometimes, like, we're new to this, right? Like, let's be honest about how this all came together. Like, Chiefs fans as a collective, we've never been the team that had the quarterback. 
And so we just assumed, oh, when you no, get no. the quarterback, everybody else wants to come play with them, right? That would make sense, theoretically speaking. But then I kind of think about it. Who were the guys that took less to play with Peyton in, in Indy before he went to Denver? Because Denver was different. There were a few guys that came over there. But while he was in Indy, who were the guys that took less to play with him? Well, it was more defensive players because he had his skilled guys together. So, like, Booger McFarland came over there. He told me – I've talked to him before. Uh, he kicks my ass in Peloton on a daily basis. But I talked to him before, and he said, like, you know, being able to go there and play with Peyton and Tony Dungy was a big reason why he signed there. But, you know, he had his receivers, and he had Dallas Clark, and he had Marvin Harrison and, 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 and Reggie Wayne. So he kind of was set there. But, I mean, more on the defensive side of the ball that people come to try to, to to have a chance to play there. I would say the same was true in some respects, though, in, in New England. Like, they, they just – who were the guys that they signed that came there on the cheap that ended up being significant weapons for them? I There's just not a whole lot of dudes that immediately come to mind. I mean, they traded for Randy Moss, but in general, they, they didn't do a whole lot of that. Wes Welker, I, I guess they they – traded for and then yeah, but he, wasn't well, he wasn't what he was no got him um and then you look at even like green bay they haven't done a whole lot of that and some of that is just a front office yeah, philosophy. green bay's an idiots though i mean sure I but i mean these are the teams right that had the quarterbacks and they didn't do a whole lot of that the way that they acquired their weapons was through the draft they developed them and then they were able to retain them long term i, I think we're, the saying, less- we're saying it right now in tampa like Tom is Tom is just dragging guys that want to come down. Just there. AB though, play, I, and AB had already played with him, and Rob and. But those guys have played with him. I do think that's a little different. Like if I don't think this is going to happen, but if Tyreek left and then three years from now wasn't having the same success elsewhere, I could see Tyreek coming back to be reunited with Patrick Mahomes. I, I do think that's a little different. I just wonder if we overestimated how much pull having the guy actually has with receivers. I think they just want the money, man. They want the money, and some of them focus on geography more than others. Um, but, the, but in these cases, aren't money, and maybe geography with with Odell to L.A. But Juju wasn't money. I think he that might have been a "Where's my stuff? <laughs> I don't want to move my stuff." Which and if I silly. can make it work I mean, here, but I'm you, with would, you. you would think you would think Patrick Mahomes and that ability would 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 pay out. I don't know. I I still believe having the quarterback should help you and I don't, I don't understand it i i think it's a weird thing that they're losing these battles and it's not coming down and some of these aren't coming down to money like the i don't reason, think judo and beckham came down to money and the but, reason because, why I because that's up. the thing I, because odell odell obviously had green bay in higher regard and who the hell wants to go to green bay yeah, you know, I, I I can't explain. I think Green Bay probably was a target situation because you have two guys in Kansas City. You had just one in Green Bay. So maybe that's how we viewed it as being a better yeah. situation for him. But the reason why I bring this up, Ron, is just because like there's a lesson to be learned here. Don't expect that going into next offseason or in the future. If you're going to try to get that number two wide receiver, which this team clearly needs, you're going to have to draft and develop them. Like that's the way you acquire that guy even though you have the number one quarterback long-term in the NFL. Um, So I think there's a lesson actually to be learned by what we've seen over the last two years. And it's very different than what I certainly was expecting. And I think for a lot of Chiefs fans than what any of them were expecting, uh, the guys that you can get 
it's Le'Veon Bell, it's that, Josh Gordon, it's these dudes that are at the very end that are just trying to claim to their football lives that they see their football mortality in front of them. You can get those dudes, but the guys that are in their prime, I don't know. I, I don't think that the, the things we think that they would prioritize aren't always what they end up actually prioritizing. And I'll be honest, like when I when I think about it, sort of generally, now that I think about it, when you have the guy like you generally don't aren't looking for receivers or looking for free agent receivers because the guy generally makes guys you draft, you bring in targets to where you don't feel like you have to go get like I'm thinking about Russell who went to Russell. Well, Russell didn't need anyone to go to Russell because Tyler Lockett became a star and DK Metcalf became a star. And those were guys they drafted. And, you look at Tom, like Doug Rob, Curse, Rob, all those guys. Yeah, all those guys became threats with him when they drafted him. And Edelman and Rob and and Aaron, um, like like they became like the same way with Peyton. All of his guys like became guys. So like the the difference is, let's just be honest, they were able to make the McCole Hardmans work to where you didn't need, I'm not saying it's Pat's fault, but I'm just saying traditionally they've been able to make the McCole Hardman work. They've been able to make the, 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 the Marcus Robinson work to where there's not a need for them to go get a free agent. There's not a need for them to have a, a free agent. Like Drew Brees didn't need to have somebody because he was able to make Colston. And then, yeah, I mean, uh, I think Breeze is probably Thomas. the best example of that. Like, Russell made it work, but for a long time, those Seattle offenses weren't saying, hey, Russ, put us on your back. Like, they were very play defense, no. run the football, and, and Russ would, you know, hit curse deep off of off of play action and stuff like that. Like, I, I do think that we overestimate how much that stuff matters to individuals where we're like, why wouldn't he want to come play for our guy? Everybody should want to come play for our guy when there's a lot of other things that come into play, like location. Odell's already got a house in Southern California, uh, you know, family where, where your family's at and are you going to have to move your kids and do all this stuff? Is this, am I just going to have to play here through the end of the season or is this going to be somewhere we got to move? Like, do I got to rent something? Do I got to buy a condo? I think all that stuff comes into play more so than necessarily who you're playing with. Like he wants to win, I would imagine. And he's not going to get a long-term contract from most of the teams that were talking to him. But I, I, I think that we just put so much stock into who's here and what a team has done in the past. Whereas like actual professional athletes, I don't think, I don't think that's a deciding factor in what they inevitably wind up doing. I don't know, man. Other other athletes like to play with great players when they got it and think they got a chance to win. And I still don't think that goes away. I think there is, I think it is, I don't think it's a problem, but I think it is at least odd that Pat Mahomes doesn't win out. Like, like whatever LA, I got you, but Pat Mahomes didn't win out with green Bay. That's weird. Like that, that, that part is strange. All right. As we do this each and every week, when the Chiefs have the ball, when the Chiefs have the ball, my number one thing is, listen, I, they put up 13 points last week. 
it's um I don't even know who the hell they are sometimes when uh, they're they've been playing of late. I, I really don't. It's ridiculous. Twenty points with the damn Giants, and then thirteen points to the damn Packers at home, both games. It's 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 just infuriating to watch. But can I say that there may have been a breakthrough? That there may have been a little bit of a breakthrough. I think there is something to take away from the final drive. Two plays, fellas. Two plays. He has Kelsey. He hits Kelsey for uh, a 22-yard gain on second and 11. They had a penalty there. They took him back a bit. And you're, th- you're sitting there thinking, good God almighty, they're going to turn this thing over, and this defense is truly going to have to win this game. But it looked from Andy, the scheme, and the play call, to Pat, to Kelsey, it all looked like Chiefs. It looked like the Chiefs, and they picked it up with ease in the middle of the field. Travis Kelsey, one of the greatest things about Pat, uh, about Pat Mahomes and, and, more importantly, Andy Reid, is he will scheme together things where Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey are the two people you know teams don't want them to beat them, but they still somehow end up with them by themselves with no one within 10 yards of them, even though you know teams are positioned to try to stop them. And he did that in this thing. And they, they they played that play to perfection and got 22 yards. And then on third down and 10, it's the most Patrick Mahomes has looked like Patrick Mahomes, an off-schedule play that 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 worked well. And he hits Hill for a 13-yard game that, that really seals the game. Those two plays, even though as bad as they were offensively, 13 points, even though the Packers are improving defensively, that that no one should be holding this group to 13 damn points. Those two plays looked more like the Chiefs, fellas, than I've seen in, I don't know, weeks. And maybe, maybe going into this week in L.A., or I mean in Las Vegas against the Raiders, we see a breakthrough from those two plays because they look more like themselves. I hope you're right. I want to believe that you're right. But, I mean, you go back all the way to the Buffalo game, probably. I mean, they've played, what, three good quarters in the last five weeks of football? Just talking about three of the last 20 quarters offensively, they've played well. So it's really hard for me to believe right now because I want to be there with you, Ron. I really do because – I mean, the reaction that you saw from Mahomes in that moment, you can see he's feeling it right now. He, I, I haven't seen him that fired up for like a, a just a regular season moment in a minute. That that felt like everything that he's been feeling for weeks came out in just exhaustion, exuberance, um, frustration, all in one particular moment whenever he was able to convert that third down. I hope it's a jumping off point. It should be, but... I don't know that they've solved what defenses are doing to them right now. So it's just tough for me to project that forward and say, okay, yeah, everything's going to be fine now. But I hope it gave me reasons for optimism. And I haven't had a whole lot of that in recent weeks. Oh, I ain't saying everything is all right. I'm just saying, hopefully maybe that is a, you know, a breakthrough moment where they, they saw, because that was a good defense and it was money time. It was when the game was on the line, like, and they came through with two huge plays that looked like themselves and to the people they wanted to go to. And it wasn't like 
you know, luck or anything. Like it was, this is the plays that we've seen them make. These are the plays that make them different. Them being able to get Travis Kelsey wide open by himself through scheme and through through the through the mirrors that they they bring through and, and, and try to take your eyes somewhere. And they were able to get him open in the middle of the field for a huge play. And then Mahomes doing what he does and he'll being able to do what he does in concert with them. And that, like, I, I'm not saying they're through it. I'm just saying for them, hopefully, that is potentially a breakthrough moment. Maybe Andy. a moment where they look feel like, all right, that's us. That's us. Because they can't look in the mirror and look at the mirror. When I mean the mirror, the tape, and say, this looks like us. When they watch film every week and they see these disaster performances, they, they can't see that. That right there, at least those two plays, in money time, at the end, they saw themselves look like themselves. And the reason why I'm, I, I hope that you're right, and I think there is reason for optimism, is because they're confidence-inducing plays. And far yeah. too often over the last five weeks, Mahomes just hasn't looked like a confident player. Man, when at any point prior to this stretch of games could we ever say Patrick Mahomes doesn't look confident? Now, you can say a lot of things about the dude. A lack of confidence, that is not anywhere on the list. And especially over the last three weeks against Tennessee, New York, and Green Bay, for most of those games, he looked like a shell of himself. He looked hesitant. He looked like he wanted to trust his eyes, but he would wait just a little bit longer to make sure he saw what he thought he saw. Um, the play in particular to Ty Tyreek Hill, where he's floating over to his right. How many times have we seen him drift to the right and then nothing comes of it? And it looks he looks frustrated as he's walking back to the huddle and there's just he knows this is the plays that I am built upon and there's nothing there for me right now. Yeah. And same thing was true for uh, Travis Kelsey. That play that he made across the middle earlier in that game, he dropped almost the exact same pass. And yeah. so that has to be a confidence inducing play for him as well, knowing, all right, it's still here for me. I just got to get it. Uh, Tyreek Hill, that play on the third down, he had dropped another one of those earlier in the game. So it's not just Pat, it's everybody. Everybody's got to play with more confidence right now. And the hope would be that is something that can get them there. And going up against this Raiders defense, it's, it's, there's some similarities to what you saw last week against the Packers, where it's not going to be easy. You're going to have to fight for it. But if you can score 24, 30 points this week, that's what you're hoping to see against the Raiders. See, as we're talking about when the Chiefs have the ball, you just you just brought up two things with two different players. You said when Kelsey had a play like that in the middle of the field, he dropped it. He said that Tyreek Hill had a play like that similar, he dropped it. I'm going to tell you right now, it is Judgment Day Sunday night football in Las Vegas, Nevada, for me and McCole Hardman. Now, I've sat here and I've defended McCole, and I have been team McCole Hardman, and I still am by thread right hey, now. Just admit he's bad. I, I am still team McCole Hardman, but we are at a crossroads on Sunday. That third down drop, that third down and two drop, where everyone did everything they were supposed to do, except for your ass. Your ass dropped the ball that hit you right in the damn hands. <laughs> right? All you had to do was turn up and keep going and then had the audacity later in the game to catch a pass and get eight yards and get up and start talking trash. I am serious. I have defended your ass, McColl. I have been right here. I have, I have been driving the, the bandwagon by myself at times. 
with one arm tied behind my back. I'm telling you right now, I have no problem, none, no problem with jumping off a bandwagon in midseason. Don't do it. I'm not going to let you ride me to death. No, sir. Not a chance. And I'm telling you this week, this stupidity, this dumb stuff, because you don't get to drop passes. As you talked about, Tyreek Hill dropped a pass and, and Travis Kelsey dropped a pass. They get to drop passes. You don't get to drop passes because you're not good enough to drop passes. Your drop passes, you don't have other things equaling out your drop passes. Your drop passes are also equaled out by your fumbles. Or your drop passes are also equaled out by your 17 yards receiving. Or you're the only way we can get you the ball for positive yardage is on a jet sweep. That's it. So you don't get to drop passes. Damn sure not on third down and two when we need this first down and you got it and everybody's done everything they're supposed to be able to do except for you. So I'm telling you, it is a judgment day for me with McCole Hartman. I will come on this podcast next week. God is my witness. I will come on this podcast and I will denounce his ass if he doesn't get it together on Sunday night football. I will denounce you. 17, I hope you're listening. Because I might be the only one on this bandwagon right now. I will walk away from you. I will jump on Byron Pingle's bandwagon so fast you won't know what hit you. What, so I'm just telling you. what has he done this year to make you not just do it now? Why do you got to wait for, for this weekend? You know he's, he's not going to do anything. He's been solid. I mean, that's his first drop pass this year, according to Pro that's Football a... Focus. I don't know if that's accurate. Solid they said it was. I feel it's, it. It feels like a big stretch, but whatever. He's been solid. He's on track to get the seven, eight hundred yards that I've been asking for. But that 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 drop, I had nothing for him. That was absolutely pathetic. And I wouldn't I, blame Pat. I wouldn't blame Pat BK if he never if he never looked his way. Yeah, I, I mean, it's this is what we expected. This is what me and Serta told you to expect coming into the season. Uh he's. He hasn't developed. I mean, he's the same guy today that he was when he came into the NFL. And I think that's what's most frustrating is he's seemingly a one-trick pony. And there's not more that is being added on to that trick. And now teams are taking that away. He averaged 20 yards per reception as a rookie. He averaged 13 yards per reception last year. That's really good. He's down to 10 this year. If you're looking at yards per target, year one, 13 yards per target. That's excellent. This year, seven yards per target. That is not good. He's just not an efficient player right now. And when you add in, like you mentioned, the drop last week, and also, by the way, he has three fumbles in the last four weeks now, you can't you can't have that because his other things that he does, they're not making up for the the bad plays the plays where you you look at it and you're like this just killed a drive for us it was third and three and we needed a first down we schemed something up for you it was wide open all you got to do is get the three yards and you drop it uh it's third and seven you picked up the first down and you fumble those are the things that just can't happen and they're happening repeatedly for McCall Hardman this year the thing is they need him to figure it out like, as much as I can sit here and say, I expected this, I didn't think there was going to be a whole lot more here, it, it is what it is, it can't be anymore. Now they're counting on him. There are no other options. Odell ain't coming. You're not getting Deshaun Jackson. Josh Reynolds isn't an option. You're not going to get Brandon Cooks. There is nobody on the horizon. Josh Gordon, that has come and went. Like, he might be on the roster. He ain't getting out there actually playing any sort of realistic snaps. 
McCole Hardman is your best chance at having a legitimate number two wide receiver this year. He's honestly your only chance at having a legitimate number two wide receiver. So he's got to figure it out. He's got to be more confident. He's got to make the plays that are there for him. They're scheming stuff up for him. He just has to finally start taking advantage of it. Yeah, I don't, like I, like with that, I don't think they've done a great job of using his skill set to help the others shake loose. But on that, but that that stuff right there, you can't. I mean, you can't have. You don't get to drop the ball. You don't. You don't get to. You don't get to drop a ball with no one around you for third down and two. You don't get to. I mean, that dude, boy, that really ticked me off. I mean, I hadn't been taken there in a minute. I hadn't been taken there because all I could feel and smell is the two of you saying, see? See, show? You silly ass. See? <laughs> see? Hey, see, you want to just keep riding that bandwagon. And I just, oh, so over. I'm telling you, I'm still on it. One foot off that bad boy. I am still on it. What I, 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 need to, I need the stupidity to stop. I mean, you got to be kidding me. I mean, we're we're up. I mean, where else is he supposed to throw it? Jesus. Sorry. I just McCole took me there. I've just defended you. My back hurts so bad defending your ass. And you just and you went and just treated me like that. I'm gonna start stress eating after it. Literally, I was at <laughs> I was at a kid's my son <laughs> my son's football game, his football end of the season party. They lost in the Super Bowl, by the way, 36-30. He did win the oh. MVP. He won the MVP anyway. They did lose, though. He had 15 tackles and a 35-yard touchdown run. Anyway, we're at the we're, we're at the, the the celebration of the end of the year party. He dropped that ball on third down. I went and ate a hot dog and a hamburger. <laughs> <laughs> Stress eating. Like, did, you grab a, did you grab a handful of chips, too? Maybe some I've Doritos? Too, I've worked too hard. To get here, and McCole Hardman sent me to a hamburger and hot dog. And yeah, I'm gonna tell the truth. I put mayo on both. I, I put mayo on a hot down, dog. Down, yeah, I did down the side. Oh, that's both disgusting. Sides, mayo, mustard on both. I, I, sir, have you ever heard of anybody putting mayo on a hot dog? All right, I'll come completely clean. I set cheese down inside of the hot dog bun. Put the hot dog yeah, on the top. Seems like the way to do it. I don't know. Was it just like, are we talking about like Miracle Whip or like, is, is this like just regular mayonnaise? Because that sounds gross. But I've had I was a at, hot dog with like a uh, like a gourmet aioli on it. Before. I, I was at a person's house who had a pool, double decker, backyard, TVs all over in the outside. So it was Hyman. Uh, yeah, it, it seems gross. It, yeah, it, seems it, gross. it was good. It was very delicious. And I was there. Did anybody else see you do it? Or did yes, you do it? I don't like, care. <laughs> and yes, you were I'll really come, there. He really got you there. I'll come completely clean. <laughs> Those weren't my first hot dogs and hamburgers of the evening. I had already had a hamburger already, and he sent me there to the second burger I had eaten like that in a long time. So I'm, I'm just saying, I'm over you. All right, get it together, Jesus. All right, I, I'm sorry. When the Chiefs have the ball as well, God, McCole sends me there. Son of a gun. This offensive line, though, this is going. This game is going to be a test for the offensive line because I would say the strength of the Raiders' defense and has kept them defensively all year is that defensive line. And I mean, they're going to be. They're going to. The Chiefs are going to be down a right tackle, not who they want to be starting. 
Uh, it looks like Wiley, who's going to potentially start there again, and, and he had some struggles last week when he had to come in. Now, that's a place, BK, that that they gotta they got to shore up and really have together in this game. Yeah, so Yannick Ngakwe is not a man that you want to face when he is having a hot streak. He has six sacks in his last four – or yeah, last four games. He has eight he quarterback hits over his last four games as well. Max Williams is more than happy to take advantage of your bad – offensive tackles he had two sacks against the Ravens bad tackles he had three against the Broncos bad tackles uh he's been excellent so far this year he's constantly around the quarterback those dudes are is it Max menace. Crosby yeah uh no not not Max Crosby no, the little, other guy the other guy that's really <laughs> a little good. different yeah Max <laughs> Max Crosby uh has been good uh not the kicker for the Packers um I've I've been impressed by both of them this year, and they've got to do it. The, the offensive tackles are going to be really tested in this one. You're going to be without most likely your top two right tackles in this game, which means the guy that you were trying to not see the field this year, and Andrew Wiley signed a bunch of other dudes to make sure he didn't see the field. He's going to be starting for you most likely on on Sunday. They've got to find a way to help him out on the edge because that is the direction, as we talked about earlier, that Patrick Mahomes likes to leak out of the pocket. He's going to go either right in front of or right behind that right tackle with the defensive end coming up with pressure. Andrew Wiley's going to need a little help. So it's going to be a tough day for him. This offensive line has to give Patrick Mahomes time to be able to take some shots deep. Otherwise, uh, your guy McColl is just going to be reduced once again to some of those screenplays. Would you feel comfortable right now if Mitchell Schwartz came out of wherever he is right now and started at right tackle? Would you feel more comfortable right now than Andrew Wiley? Whatever Mitchell Schwartz is doing right now, if he's fishing, I'm not sure what he's doing. Would you feel more comfortable if he was out at right tackle? Man, that dude looks like me. Like he's he's my size now. <laughs> I, I weigh a buck seventy. That dude is getting very close to my size. So no, I, I wouldn't feel super comfortable I, with him I starting. I would. Those I'd offensive linemen, when they get away from football, they just turn dude, into tight ends. I know, but I would get him a bunch of weight. I would try to find him some extra bigger pads. And and try to go at it that way. Just double the size pads. And Serta, have you ever heard anything on Kyle Long this week? Is, is he he's expected supposed to be, to be back? Isn't he? He's back he in is, practice. He's practicing, but I mean, they haven't said anything. Like they've okay. been asked multiple times, like, "Oh, when's Kyle Long coming back?" And they were like, "Oh, he's not quite there yet." And then all of a sudden, he started practicing. And then, okay, he's practicing. You think he's going to be ready? Oh, no, we just got to see, you know, it's just really important for us to get Kyle back on the field and see where he's at. So I would be shocked. if see, he I don't, Yeah, I'd be shocked, too. But I, I put this on on Andy Reid and Andy. Oh, heck, like those two guys, they've got to protect them like this. Ain't and the O-line's been good this year, by the way. I know there's a lot of people that have been critical of them. The O-line's actually been really good for the Chiefs this year. But this ain't the game with with your injuries issues this ain't the game where you can just go five-man protection like i like i think you you can't you got to give some help over there because the raiders ain't fools like they're gonna they're gonna line up in gawkway over there often they're gonna line him up over there whether you know whatever they want to do they're gonna put him against andrew wiley and and wiley's gonna be scared to death over there sitting there i bet you i bet he jumps off sides and not has multiple false starts that has nothing to do with the crowd, but just he's nervous because Ngakwe's over there. I just but they gotta be smart and protect them and, and help them out. And and Pat's gotta be smart too. 
Like I know this is I know it's it's kind of muscle memory. I don't know if if leaking and rolling out that way is is the right way to go this week. Uh, you know who's like, you know who I would like to see get a lot of snaps this week is your is your boy Blake Bell baby. It's his time. Yeah. I, I I would like <laughs> to see them go with a bunch of twelve Listen, personnel this week. I mean, if we just right. talked about how their receivers we don't trust any of them. At least help your offensive line give give Blake Bell some opportunities out there. It also takes defense different personnel onto the field for the defense. I, I, th- I think I can't believe I'm saying this. Uh, this could be a big Blake well B- Blake Bell week, not for the stats. He ain't gonna get a whole lot of receptions or anything. No, he's but... always been able to do little things, the yeah. things that you always don't see in the in the in, in, the, okay. in, in the stat sheet. And I, and as I'll say it right now, I'll stake I'll stake the claim right now. I don't think it's a hot take. I think Blake Bell <laughs> may be the best chipping tight end. Uh, that we've seen in 20 years. I don't, I, I mean, if is, you, if what you, is what is this Blake Bell infatuation? I'm just saying, if you sit down and take a look at his tape and chipping, uh, tackles when he gets the chance at chipping and helping his tackles on the way out, I mean, defensive ends, they see 81 near him, they're looking out. They're they looking think out. It's, he's, they think it's Jason Dunn. He's one of he, he is one of the best that I I personally myself and I'm sticking I've I've been watching football for 37 years <laughs> even though I am 37 I've been watching football for 37 years I don't know if I've ever seen a better chipping tight end in my life I just I just that can't never. believe that's true never no ever. because it's not it is. It is. It is. listen it's my truth all right Blake Bill uh, a star. Among stars. What do you think Jason Dunn's up to nowadays? I know who he's dating. I know he's really why. Yeah, I went to high. I went to high school with her for a little bit. Susan Figueroa. Shout out to Susan. He's been Uh, the and the Figueroa family. They're a great family, uh, and they've been together for a while. Special teams coordinator at Kentucky State and has been there since 2013. Yeah, Susan's been there as well. Good on you. She wears (laughs) a lot of hats. Susan. Now, there's Susan Dunn, I guess it is now, but Susan Figuerella, boy, what a what a family of lookers they had. Good for you, Jason. Well, we're all happy for you, all of us. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All right, when the Raiders have the ball, no other way to segue out of that. When the Raiders have the ball, um, this is the thing that I want to know. Listen, I'm going to be clear. I don't think this is a hot take, and this is a real one, not the Blake Bill one. I think that the Chiefs defense the last two weeks have been the best part of this team, which, by the way, has to change. 
if this team's going to go to the Super Bowl. The defense can't – they're not going to survive that way. They're going to continue to have the defense clearly be the best part of this team. But this is my thing, Serta and, and BK. I want to know, is this real? Like, is, it, is, this, is this real? 300 yards, a total offense the last two weeks. Uh, they're turned over the Giants and the Packers the last two weeks, and a big time turnovers. That that interception from from, from Snead. I mean, that that must have been what you guys were talking about at the oh, beginning yeah. of the season, because that's certainly not what he's shown the bulk of the season. But it was. I mean, they're turning them over. They've been excellent on third downs. I mean, excellent on third downs. What two for twelve or two for fourteen, something like that last week against the Packers. I know. I know. BK has that stat memorized, but like they. Like, they've been really good. I just want to know, is this a Daniel Jones and Jordan Love thing, or is this some sort of semblance of real? They're facing a real quarterback this week, and David Carr, damn, damn it, Derek Carr, not David. David's not a real quarterback. But they're facing a real quarterback in Derek Carr, who's been one of the best players, best quarterbacks in the league this year. I want to know, if they if they can have some success like that, under 20 points, under 10 points against the Packers, I don't care who the hell it is. I didn't think the Chiefs were capable of doing that to college teams. I mean, if they if they can continue that, I just want to know if it's real or if this is a Daniel Jones and Jordan Love thing. So it, it's a little bit of both, right? Like, I do think there are real things that are happening right now and that the Chiefs defense is no longer bad. I, I don't know if they're legitimately good, but they have been for four weeks now. I mean, you even go back to that Titans game. I know it didn't go well, and they ended up giving up 27 points. Defensively, they basically shut down Derrick Henry in every possible way. If the, offense played, yeah. if the offense played all right in that game, you had every opportunity to win. The defense was perfectly fine in that one. Shut and them out in the second half. The other three weeks, they've done everything you could have asked for against Washington, the Giants, and the Packers. And you've been talking about this for a few weeks now with what they've done in the second halves. They've been excellent after halftime. So it's very real in terms of them being able to go up and do what you would expect against the opponents that they're facing. Now, that being said, it's seven points, 17 points. Is that real? Uh, I, I think a little bit of that is smoke and mirrors because of the quarterbacks that you've gone up against. It's going to be tougher this week against the Raiders because I think Derek Carr has been a legit top 10 quarterback in the league this year. But I think the the reason why I do believe that they are at least average now, which is a hell of a thing to say, that's all you needed out of this unit, or at least all we thought they would need to be, is because they've got the best personnel on the field more often than not now. Nick Bolton playing about 50% of the snaps now. I'd like to see that go up, but whatever it is, what it is. Uh, you're seeing them playing their best corners now. You're not seeing Mike Hughes out there a whole lot anymore, which is great. Your safeties, the best players are starting now. Your defensive line, the experiment that you hated from the very jump run, you got Chris Jones. He was basically back to full-time at defensive yeah. tackle last week. Melvin Ingram looked pretty darn good in his early uh, early snaps last week. And I think the last two weeks have been the two best regular season games of Frank Clark's career here in Kansas City. He was awesome each of the last two weeks. When you get that stuff and you're playing from ahead, okay, that's the part that's real. It's going to be harder this week, though, and I would expect the Raiders to score 20, 24 points. So you're going to need more out of your offense. But the defense, at the very minimum, they're average, and that's a but, hell of a thing to say. Yeah. You, know what on, changed? you know what changed in this defense? Rashad Fenton's snaps went up. That's what's changed on that's the defense. Part of it. Rashad Fenton has been absolutely fantastic. But 
I, I joined our friends at Silver and Black to actually help them preview this game, and I basically said the same thing as BK, is that I don't think this defense is, like, all of a sudden really good. They're just not the worst defense in the NFL. They're actually generating pressure now. The secondary looks solid. Charvarius Ward looks healthy, and he's playing well. Legarius Needs playing well. Rashad Fenton's playing well. And then now they've actually got a pass rush because – they don't have to put Chris Jones on the edge now and their pass rush all of a sudden looks better. And then they've got their best linebackers on the field now too. So yeah, they're better. I still don't think you should, you shouldn't feel like they've totally turned a corner, but they're not the worst defense in the NFL right now. No. And, and I'm going to tell you, he'll to me, 20 to 24 points is real. Like that, yeah. that, like, like that, that to me is real. I'll take that right now. I will sign up for that right now. Um, so I, I, I'm with it. Okay, the, the other part, though, when the Raiders have the ball, and you spoke of this, you said that they, they're playing their better players. Listen, if, Dan, if Daniel Sorensen sees this here <laughs> with Darren Waller out here, I'm serious, with Darren Waller out here, who I, I think you could seriously make the argument that he's the second best tight end in football, at least from a receiving threat. If Daniel Sorensen sees his damn field, I said it last week. I was halfway joking. I'm dead serious now. You have to take the keys away from Steve Spagnuolo. He is obsessed with this kid. I know I see sorry ass Dan Sorensen, not the person, the player. That's what I mean when I say sorry ass. Sorry ass Dan Sorensen. That's what I see. It is clear that Steve Spagnola sees Brian Dawkins in his prime because there's no other explanation of why he keeps putting him on the field and putting him on the field in situations to just get his ass ate up. I don't get it. They can't dress him. They have got to make him inactive to take it away from him. And I know you're – I think he could be – I think he, he's a great a great guy who can block punts. I think he's great on special teams. And at times, I think he's somebody who can help you sporadically, defensively. But it's like when Steve sees him out there, he sees red and he's got to go. <laughs> And he's like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. There he is. It's Troy Palomala. It's Ronnie Lott. <laughs> Get in. Get in. But we're all seeing someone 10 times worse than Shenard Hartz. Uh. I don't know why he keeps playing him. And I'm telling you, this ain't the week to do it, BK. Darren Waller, I can see it. I can see him getting matched up, singled up, because – for some reason, Steve believes, he believes in this kid in a way that I don't know what he has to do. But they got to, uh, Andy's got to step in and take the keys away from him. Don't even give him a uniform. Don't even, I mean, I'm tempted to say he shouldn't be able to make the trip. Because he, I he think. Should, he should be a healthy and active. Yeah. In sure. Kansas City. Yeah, in sweat. I think. And sweats on the sidelines. No, no, I don't think that's good enough. I think Steve would find a way to sneak him pads. He'd say, hey, hey, Armani. Hey, (laughs) take them off. It's for the good of the team. I 
I'm going to need you to give Dan your, your jersey. But but Steve, he's a large. I'm a medium. Yeah, I don't care. G- give him your jerseys. Dan, Dan's okay. going to be wearing that today. Steve, he's white. I don't <laughs> care. We need him. Like, I'm, I'm serious. I don't, I don't – like, he was back there. BK, there were points in that game last week where he was back there playing center field by himself. Dan's a linebacker. Maybe it's the opposite. Maybe Spags just hates his guts, and he just puts him out there just to embarrass him. Do you guys know what the perfect quarterback rating is in the NFL? Perfect quarterback rating. Like, if you just – you had the perfect game, it would be 158.3. Do you know what opposing quarterback's quarterback rating is this year when targeting Dan Sorensen? 170. I feel like you can go over (laughs) it. It is a perfect 158.3. Do you know how hard that is? Was so does, that target... mean, does that mean he hasn't broken up a single pass? Opposing quarterbacks when targeting Dan Sorensen this year are 23 for 28 for 390 <laughs> yards and four touchdowns. They are averaging 17 yards per completion. 17. He has missed 11 tackles this year. He is legitimately the worst player in the league that gets regular snaps. The worst player in the league. And it's so damn predictable. Every time, every single game, you know exactly what's going to happen. If it's a big snap and he's on the field, you know where they're going. Why wouldn't they? If I'm the opposing team's coach and I'm in the headset talking to my quarterback and it's getting down, you know, and hey, 49's on the field, target him. Just go for it because something good is going to happen. It literally never goes any other direction. It doesn't. It literally does not make any sense. Like I think he's sneaking him on the field. <laughs> I think like I want. I'm serious. I'm not even. I'm not even joking when I say this. I would like to go back, and I'm going to go back on the tape. I'd like to get an all twenty-two to see where Andy is in the times that Daniel gets on the field. I believe Andy has walked back to the to the bench when they had their meeting with Mahomes and Eric the enemy when they're going over the offensive possessions and that's when when Steve sneaks in Daniel Sorensen and and Andy has no idea that Dan's been in for three plays because he's on the bench not watching what's happening he's on the bench talking to Pat and Eric and there you go and Dan is snuck Dan's been snuck in for about two or three plays I honestly don't. I think he goes out there and says, "Hold on, we talked about this." He's only he, he he's not supposed to get this many snaps, and Steve sneaks him out there, and Steve's over there looking, looking. Where's Andy? Is he out there? Is he watching? He's not watching. Here, get out there, Dan. Get out there, Dan. Get out there, Dan. I got I just uh, it, it's unreal. It makes no sense whatsoever why he keeps playing him, and I think. Like, I think there was, right, there had to be a conversation when he stopped starting and he wasn't getting as many minutes. But that stopped for about a week. And then Steve ratcheted that thing right back up and said, no, man, we got to have him. And I think you got to just completely take it out of his hands. I think you got to bench him. I think you have to make him inactive because you, I, I don't know that benching him is enough. I, I think that, like you yeah, said. Yeah, inactive. That's what I mean. I'm sorry. Like, I. I think, like you said, they're going to find a way to put him in there. Spags is just, he he loves him. He he believes in him. He thinks that eventually it's going to start working, and it hasn't. And it's been not just bad. It's been unspeakably bad all season long. You can't put him out there anymore because 
Derek Carr is good enough that um, do you guys remember? I think it was was it Marcus Cooper whose career basically ended on a Monday night game when they went up against the the Denver Broncos and yeah, Peyton just targeted his ass. That's what it's become, but for everybody against Daniel Sorensen. Just every week, they're making him look like Marcus Cooper against Peyton Manning. And you just can't live with it anymore because the rest of your defense has gotten to a level now that he's being exposed well, by and playing that's the thing, poorly. But that's the thing. Steve's not hiding him because Steve Steve is treating him like he's Brian Dawkins. He's not hiding you, him. Ryan, that's you the can't other part hide him right now. There, there is no hiding him. He is so bad that there's no way you can hide him. But they BK, he's not even it. attempting it. He's not even attempting it. He's letting he's, him singled up on tight ends. Yeah, like he simply can't be on the field. <laughs> he's, you want to put him on special teams, all that's right, what, that's fine, but, whatever. He simply cannot be getting defensive snaps. But, sir, that's why there's stages to it. It's like we're at he can't get on the field. It's not just that he can't get on the field. He's not just not getting on the field. He is getting on the field in single coverage with tight ends. Like, it's not he's not even been hidden. Like, it's not like you could see him being like a linebacker and hiding him down there. No, he's in there. Darren Waller one on one. Yes, I believe Steve can. I believe Dan can stop him. No, like it's 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 incredulous, really, what it is. And you got it. I don't think I don't think I don't even think inactive is enough. I just don't think he's got to be able to make the trip. Like, I don't think he can be in Vegas. I don't think he can be in the state of Nevada because somehow Steve will get him there and get him in the game. I think maybe drop him off in Utah, in my opinion, or leave him at home in Kansas City, but he just can't be on the field. And it's not your fault, Dan. It's crazy Steve. I don't know what that's about. These Steves out here are nuts. It's insane. Sorry. All right, uh, we 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 got to get to it. We got to get to the game that is sweeping the nation and that is certified or an imposter. All right, I want to try right? Let's get you because you said something earlier. You imposter. were like, "I'm glad this is over because it feels like Odell Beckham has been holding." the NFL hostage on where he's going to go. It's leading every show. Hell, we're talking about it on our on our radio shows. I'm sure you are, BK. I know you've gone through it a lot, talked yeah. about it all the time, Certified. My thing, certified or imposter, is Odell Beckham Jr. a certified, is he certified or an imposter when it comes to really us making this big of a deal of him? Like, is he a game changer? Like, does he change teams? Like, if he were added to the Chiefs, would he have? Would you have to completely change the way you view the Chiefs? When you look at the Rams, are they now, because of this move, the favorite? Like, is he, like, is he still a game changer where you look at this and you're like, oh, God, I've got to completely view this team differently? And I don't think so. I don't think he is still there. I think injuries have a lot to do. I think he's still really good, but I don't think if he is added to the Chiefs, I'm all of a sudden going to say, boom, they're going to run away with this division. They're going to run and hide. This is the move they made. Hell, if the Chiefs got Von Miller, I would have said that. If the Chiefs got their hands on Von Miller and he was able to be there, I would have said, "Mm -mm, that's a game changer. 
I don't know if Odell is a game changer. So I'm going to say imposter when it comes to the big stink that's been made over Odell on where he's going, like he's going to change the mark of the season. I think that's fair. I think I would probably be right there with you. I would say probably imposter as well for for being on that level. I do think he's still really good, though. And I think that's the place where I, I I go in a different direction. The fork in the road comes for me versus where some of the analysis has been on Odell. I just don't believe that he's suddenly bad. Like, I, I don't believe that he went from being one of the best young receivers I've ever seen. His first three years were legitimately among the best three years yep. for a, a, a player that we have ever seen in the history of football. Um, statistically, just by watching it, we were all there. We saw how unbelievably, undeniably talented he was. And then he got hurt in year four, and he hasn't quite looked the same since. I still think he's good, though. I think he's a guy that could get a 1,000 yards. Um, and so I, I think that he does change some things, and specifically for the Chiefs, I think he opens things up that will make Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey better if he were to come to Kansas City. Obviously, that's not going to happen. Um, so I think it was worth talking about. I think it was worth monitoring in Kansas city. I do not think he's going to have that much of an impact in, in LA though. I, I think this was a, in my opinion, horrible landing spot for him. I, I just don't think it makes a whole lot of sense. I think he's going to be stuck in a similar scenario to what he had target wise in Cleveland. And he's not going to be happy with that. And he's going to pout. Uh, I think green Bay would have made a lot of sense. I think Kansas city would have made a lot of sense. I think with all of the injuries they're dealing with right now, Tampa Bay, actually would have made some sense for him. But going out to uh, LA, I, I don't think makes sense. So I think that what we're going to see is at the end of the year, people are going to look back on it and say, oh, I'm glad the Chiefs didn't get Odell, even though I still think that they would have been better off by getting him. So I'm going to say he's certified, but I think my standard of certified is lower than what yours is because I wasn't pro Odell Beckham coming to Kansas City because I thought, oh, you're getting that first three-year Odell Beckham Jr. who's like a mm -hmm. lock for 1,400 yards and double-digit touchdowns. He hasn't been that player in a long time. I still think he's a really good player. I think he's Sammy Watkins. So, like, I think that he would have been a perfect fit for Kansas City because Kansas City didn't replace Sammy Watkins, and we're seeing how much that hurts their offense. Like, Sammy wasn't special, but Sammy was always going to be where you needed him to be. Sammy could get open when he needed him to get open when he was on the football field and he could do all of those things. And you knew you could rely on him in a way that you can't rely on McCole Hardman. I think Odell Beckham jr. Is that guy right now. He might not necessarily be that superstar caliber player anymore, but I still think he's certified for like, yes, there should have been teams lining up to bring him in. There should have been teams who were courting him to come play for them because I still think he's a contributing player. I just don't know if he's ever going to be a superstar again. I, and I'm not going to lie. I, the reason why I wanted so bad for the Chiefs, I, I, I kind of wanted them to go to the Chiefs. And I mean, I'm going to be honest, the win-loss stuff is not a big of a deal to me right now at this point. I just – I really wanted to see is like how much of it is the secondary receivers or how much it is – they're just not – they're not figuring out what teams are doing to them. Because there's a part of me that continues to wonder, like, if they would – if Sammy Watkins was still here, how much that would change stuff. Because they just seem to be befuddled on what to do. And, like, 
no I mean did like I'm watching Mahomes not even he's not even taking easy throws that are right there it just seems like them sitting in those with those two safeties high backpedaling up like they just like they weren't they won't run the ball like it's it's silly like I watched them get eight yards on first down on a drive and say you know what we're gonna pass this sucker the next two and we're going to pass it right into the teeth of what the defense is trying to take away. Like, it, it's like, so I like, that's why I seriously want to see, because I'm not a hundred percent positive that it is the, the personnel as much as it is. And these jokers just aren't putting this together, whether it is Andy, whether it's Eric and whether it's Pat mm-hmm. on the field or the receivers, like they're just not putting this away. So I'm not completely convinced that it's the addition of a player that changes this excellent point um i i because it's almost like a process of elimination at that point you know okay cool buddy uh the chiefs we thought it was a problem with their number two wide receiver uh we can rule that out because even if you don't think that odell beckham jr is a star anymore you know he can he's be pretty darn good. Yeah, yeah you know he's talented and good enough to be able to win when he's in one-on-one uh coverage which is what he would have the majority of the time in kansas city so you could eliminate that. And if they still aren't getting stuff done offensively, whoo boy, you got some big problems. And that means that it goes to the coaching side of things because we ain't going to be starting to point fingers at Patrick Mahomes yet. It's going to go above him first before we start doing that. So that is one of the disappointments of all of this, Ron. It's an excellent point is that we're not going to be able to eliminate that, at yeah. least not for the rest of this season. Hopefully it doesn't matter and they just get it back on track against the Raiders, but uh, that is something that you would have been able to do that is now no longer an option. Yeah, because Josh Gordon hasn't changed a thing. No. A, a thing, and and I know that's a little unfair. As I said before, he had pay, played in 700-plus days almost. Like it, it, so so we hadn't seen it there because I that, that was one of the reasons why I wanted to see it. All right, they play the Raiders um, uh, Sunday night football. This is a big game for them. They can They win this game. They put themselves sit six and four and right there um, to make a run in this second half and put themselves right there in the uh, in, in the division. Let's uh, let's get it. What's your thoughts? You think uh, you think they pull this one out? I don't. Um, I'm taking the Raiders in this one. Uh, I'm going to take the Raiders 24 to 23. I'm going to pick the Chiefs to beat them when the Raiders come to Kansas City, but. In Las Vegas, night game, Sunday night, those fans are going to be going crazy, man. This is going to basically be their Super Bowl. I have real fears about what the right tackle situation is going to do to the offensive line. This Las Vegas pass rush is legit. And if Patrick Mahomes doesn't have time, if this offense starts to get behind the sticks once again, they don't. I I don't think they're going to be able to have Clyde Edwards-Alaire back this week, so I'm not expecting them to trust the running game. I think the offense is once again going to have a pretty tough time consistently moving the football. So I'm going to take Las Vegas. I think the defense has a solid performance, 24-23. I'm going to be stupid and pick the Chiefs this week because I picked the Packers last week. I think the Chiefs win this one, 31-28. That's all I have to say. All right, I've told you all this. Until the Chiefs show me that they can beat teams that are good football teams, they make too many mistakes for me to go along with them, but not this week. I think the Raiders are a good football team. 
But I, I think something was found late in that game, and I think the defense is closer to for real than than this stuff that we like right now. It's continued to be muscle memory. Like I've, I've continued. I've had to talk to people that I work with. Like go look at the Chiefs defense the last several weeks. This is not the Chiefs defense that's just been getting obliterated. And when the Chiefs offense doesn't just put them in terrible situations. They've been better. They didn't turn it over last week, which was huge for them. I I think they found something, and I think potentially we see closer to the Chiefs. I'm going to say they put up 30 for the first time in a while. I go 31 to 24 in this game. I got the Chiefs winning Sunday night football, and because um, this has to be the week, the the, the division is vulnerable. The AFC as a whole is vulnerable. I mean, the Bills are losing nine to six to the Jaguars. What the hell was that about? Um, and and right now, as we look, the, the Ravens are in a dogfight and losing to the Dolphins, and and it's absolutely ridiculous right now. And I've, trust me, I watched the Miami Dolphins last week play the Houston <laughs> Texans, turn the ball over five damn times. That's it's just some of the worst I've seen. And they lost, and they won the game because the Texans pathetic. But um, the AFC is open, so I, I think this is the week we may see the Chiefs. They're on national TV, come back and, and be closer uh, to the Chiefs. So I'm being stupid with Serta too, and picking and picking the Chiefs to win against the Raiders. So you gonna be there late night for the post game, Serta? Yeah, as always, uh, me and Pete Sweeney will be live immediately following the Chiefs and Raiders on Sunday night football on Arrowhead Pride's Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube page. So please check us out. We'll have you covered immediately after the game. All right. That was fun. As always, fellas, we are out.